Hey there, folks. Before we start today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, I'd just like to remind you guys that you can check out my daily sports column. It's free by going to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. You can just check out my Twitter to find the link there. Go check out chasethomaspodcast.com. There's a link on that page. Uh, But yeah, go check it out every day. New sports story in your email inbox. Uh, Yeah, go tell a friend, share it out, send it to anyone else you think would uh, like the newsletter. But yes, every single day, go to sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Just Google Sports Renaissance Man, Chase Thomas, whatever you're most comfortable with, go do that. Uh, If you are an Apple Podcast listener, don't forget to leave this show a five-star rating and review. Uh, It's important uh, to help the show continue to grow. And last thing, uh, very quickly, but uh, please email me at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com to uh, get your mailbag question in or any other questions that you might have about the show, about the column, anything like that. Uh, new mailbag columns go up every Friday. Uh, if you have any questions for the weekly shows that you would like us to answer on air, whether it's John Taylor on Wednesdays, Evan Swords on Mondays, the sports reporters on Fridays, uh, make sure to get those questions in and we'll read them on the show or I'll answer your questions in the mailbag on the newsletter. So go do that. Uh, again, that's Chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave the show a five-star rating and review. Follow on Apple podcast. If you can, uh, I think that's it. All right, uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right. You heard it. The sports reporters, they have indeed assembled without my parents involved as much as the Daily Beast. Bob Silverman may have liked, who is here in New York City. Bob, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Parents, I I don't think you want that because I think my dad would have ended up just commandeering the podcast and it would have been the, the Bob Thomas podcast featuring a bunch of other people. And your point? <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, People I don't, know, I don't know why you're hating that, Chase. I'm not but hating it. How many, just... how many like Simmons relatives get to go on his pod? It's mm. not like there isn't a precedent here. That is true. I don't feel like his dad's been on it in a long time, though, right? Am I misremembering? Not in a while. I don't know. I haven't really been listening, but I mean, his dad was a feature of columns and pods and all kinds of things. Oh, are, mm. y'all, are y'all talking about Bill Simmons? Yes. Yeah, fuck that dude. Oh, chase uh, i think andrew has a point he would like to make for the group i was gonna say andrew just coming out guns blazing today i do not like bill simmons like i legitimately do not like that dude like he is he is a part of one of the reasons why sports media is so like for all the good that he has done in sports media and his you know, almost 20 years of being like, you know, nationally relevant. He has done just as much damage to the culture of sports media and yeah, not a fan. That's a take folks. That is officially a take. Mm. You're welcome. I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready for guns blazing to start off this podcast. Oh dude, I, I have so many, like I am very, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll probably I didn't see I didn't get a chance to see the sheet because I didn't know what time we we would be recording. But I guarantee you I will be very um yeah. Mm. Well, I think we should opinions. start 
with the NBA Finals. Uh, pivotal game five tonight, recording this Friday afternoon. Bucks have bounced back in just kind of really surprising, surprising fashion, winning the, the next two games at home um, to even the series. Um, Chris Paul not going to the free throw line in game four. Uh, are we... Are we Bob, what do what do you make of where we're at right now in the finals, and do you where, where are you leaning at this point? Uh, I, I thought having a nice throwback, Chris Paul chokes in a big situation game was fun. That was kind of cool, just for just to reminisce a little bit. <laughs> I boy, did he look miserable! I didn't I didn't see that coming. He has been so dominant throughout these entire playoffs, and and really he you know, he's had such a monster year. He looked either disinterested or exhausted or something, but he was, that was a bad, bad game. And yet it was still, you know, it still came down to the last handful of possessions. Uh, I still think the Suns are going to win, but we got to see an all-time play from Giannis, so that was extremely cool. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still a little peeved at, at all of the weird WWE ref shenanigans that went, that went on down the stretch of, of game four. Um, for the, for all the people who believe that the NBA is rigged, and I don't believe it, I really don't. Um, but a lot of people do. Uh, that game certainly looks like the kind of officiating you would get if you had an investment in stretching this out to seven games to make up, say, for the lost revenue at twenty five percent full arenas over the course of the last calendar year. Oh, conspiratorial. Bob Silverman has entered the chat. No, I'm not. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I'm saying I do not believe in a conspiracy or that there was a call placed to the referees by Adam Silver specifically instructing them to maybe toss this one to the Bucks and maybe keep the series going to six games at a minimum. I'm not saying that because that's a conspiracy. But why but keep Devin that. Booker in? That was It was really weird. Yeah, that, that's the point. Like, if they wanted to... Well, of course, Andrew, the reason is because they can't make them look too obvious. So they well, have to throw them yeah. So this, I I probably would not be a full-fledged member of NBA Twitter because I think parts of the NBA need to be fixed massively. And yeah, I don't think NBA Twitter would like what I'm about to say, but I tweeted it and people agreed and some people didn't like it. Get mm. rid of the NBA refs. Just go to FIBA refs because mm. the game They're generally is, better. I mean, it's surprising. If you have you if you've watched any of Team USA basketball, which is eh, it's an experience. They just added Javale <laughs> McGee today. Javale McGee you, is yeah. on Team USA, and someone quote Look, tweeted. I, I got off a I got off a joke like everybody else. I wrote meme team. Um, it's a good joke, I think. I'm happy with it. <laughs> they, they are. I like to call them the I, I mean team. Like I mean, I think they're gonna, you know, win. Javale, Javale has long since progressed from being a punchline. He is a absolutely oh, he, he absolutely punch. could. He's I mean, better than Kevin. He's better than Kevin Love. Full stop. That's that's the that right now for these games. Yes. And and and, the, and here's the thing with with the officiating in. Olympic basketball and international basketball, they're trying to get away with stuff that NBA refs, and, and I've also said this, get younger refs because some of these guys, like they're basically overwhelming these old dudes and the, these middle-aged dudes. 
You need younger guys that can get up and down the floor. I still say at a fourth official and you limit replay, if you can't get it right in a minute to 90 seconds or a minute, 20 seconds, then, then, you know, go with the call on the floor, operate in real time. Don't slow it down. Use your naked eye because that's the judgment call that you made. The issue with these officials is players are so used to manipulating, you know, calls and plays and, and all that. It's, it's kind of like soccer. And even, you know, recently soccer has gotten better just, you know, not calling it or it's got to be blatant. If you, if you, if you saw Copa America the last few weeks, you would understand. So the the NBA, and we say this every year, it feels like, but they seriously need to take a look at how they are operating as officials. And they do this every year. But the issue is nothing changes. They'll change a rule or two, but in terms of how officiating is done, the philosophy behind officiating it's completely wrecked parts of the game and you're killing the flow of the game. And now you guys are a punchline. Like officials are supposed to be a punchline anyway, but they're operating like an even bigger punchline. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just, I'm enjoying this, this struggle. It's, it's more interesting when USA in like, it's, I have the exact uh, opposite relationship I have with USA soccer where like I, just i want to see them thrive and do well and i'm very invested in their uh just them being good um the opposite is true with team usa basketball where i'm like oh man i I remember like alan iverson's my favorite basketball player of all time like i remember all that so so clearly that time in greece so clearly that like i i kind of long for it of just like the the not comeuppets but just kind of like oh the like the just the the absurdity of team usa basketball struggling and also pop um, getting really feisty um, when asked about like why they're not blowing teams out. Like, is it hard to just kind of reconsider like him pushing back on that was really weird because it's like, well, no, you you can't change that. That, that was how things were going. And now it's suddenly not how things are going. Um, the protocol stuff's weird. Uh, I don't really understand how any of that is working with Beal. Cause didn't Beal, am, am I misremembering stuff with Beal from months ago with Tatum? Am I, I thought that was a COVID thing too. Did I don't understand what's going on there, but um, so he's pulled. And then the icing on the cake is Damian Lillard talking with Chris Haynes. And now it looks like a trade is a distinct possibility for Damian Lillard. Let me tell you what I'm going to be doing for the next month. Let's say every time some rando scoop merchant tweets out a rumor about Damian, the next, I'm going to believe it 100% and also <laughs> think it's, uh, it's made of nonsense. Mm. I can hold these contract positions in my mind at the same time. I'm fine with that. Uh, it's going to be a thing. Uh, I, I Look, I, I get everyone is... <laughs> it's it's going to be a wild month. I really like enjoyed Henry Abbott breaking the news that he requested the trade, if you saw that on, on his true... Oh, stuff. yeah, that, and, and, and Nurkic basically saying, no, no, it's not true. It's not true. I've... Why do players feel free to chime in on Twitter 
when someone yeah, screenshots I, and hey, you remember when you said that tweet. exists? Don't don't tweet, guys. Never tweet. That's mm-hmm. the rule. Just don't don't do it. Well, another good example okay, is what we saw this week with Haskins and Sherman. Like as those stories are playing out in real time, people are like backtracking or they're like, oh, uh oh, what, what what's going on here? And then you're just like, oh my god, these people. This is log off, log off. I'm very excited to see where Dame ends up. And I, I know it probably won't be the Knicks, but I'm okay with that. Uh, but I'm very excited to see him play. So, just, they, the, the Blazers need to need to blow it up and hit reset. They've had, whatever it's been, uh, seven years, eight years with Dame. Nine? When was he got to? 2012? Yeah, something 20, like that. Yeah. People forget so, uh, the, the pick for Dame Lillard was acquired from the Nets in exchange for Gerald Wallace. Mm. Bob, I got a question for you. Yeah. So, being so, I feel like the Knicks are in a Carmelo Anthony 2.0 situation where you have a you, you have a you have a young nucleus that uh-huh. is showing signs, and quite frankly, you could save a little more money and get a bigger free agent. Instead of just kind of pilfering instead off, of, instead of gutting the roster right now in exchange for the one star who's finally going to put New York over the top, and instead having the roster be, you know, like uh, Julius Randle, Dame, and uh, you know Jonah Hill, and wearing a Phoenix Suns uniform. Yeah, I yeah, because I look at this and I'm just like, I get why you would, but Portland, like Neil Oshi, despite. Some of I don't think he should be the one to make that trade. He cannot be. He's not going to be the one making that trade. He can't be at this point. I I I got it. I got you. But I'm just saying that a guy like Neil Oshie, whether he's making the trade or somebody else is making the trade, basically what I'm saying is Portland's not a dumb franchise. Like they no, they're not dumb. Look, they they failed to build around Lillard. In, you know, mainly because, you know, they, they got they got a lot of stuff right on the margin, you know, grabbing Nurkic from Denver, um, developing Gary Trent, you know, trading for, um, you know, Norm Powell last year. They did a lot of things right. It just they were playing in a stacked Western Conference for the last six years and they never really took a swing for the fences. But or there wasn't really much of an opportunity to anyway. So. But it's time to blow it up. No, I don't think they're dumb, and I don't think they're going to sell them for. It entirely depends on if they look. If if it's a if it's an open market, and they can trade him anywhere they want, they Portland absolutely could get a haul that could beat, say, New York or even Philly, or with uh, if Simmons is the centerpiece, they could do that. I don't think it is an open market. I think Dame is going to say, "Here are a list of two to three teams that you can trade me to." And that's and it's not going to be like Oklahoma City and its never-ending stockpile of draft picks. So yeah, it's not going to be. I think for a guy of his caliber, you could for for how loyal he stood for you, you could at least give him the benefit of pr- first priority yeah. for for two. I would say two to five teams, and if you can't make a deal, be like, hey. We can't make a deal with these teams for this reason or whatever and help him, like, have him aid you in, you know, making a trade. Like, that that actually happens in the league. There, 
Yeah, there are a lot of reasons to do that. One, not just, you know, because of loyalty to their franchise player, that's a part of it, but it's also because when and if there is another star in Portland, they're going to see how Lillard was treated on his way out the door, and that will play a determinative value of whether or not another poor player wants to, to play in Portland. So, you know, there are, and, and also you can't say trade him to even, you know, an up-and-coming team like New Orleans. Wait, why are they up and coming? Uh, New Orleans is not up and coming. New Orleans is, is swirling New, the drain. Say, is New Orleans up and coming? Because last time I checked, they're uh, talking yeah, they about like, like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a possibility Lonzo Ball might be going back to L.A. Oh, uh, yeah, the other L.A. Are, are a, team with a, a team that has a talent up and down the roster but isn't good. How about that? I still don't think that's the Pelicans, but... <laughs> they got they got Zion and Brandon Ingram. They do. They, very, they are they're also starting Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo for the next and... two years, two two years to a year and a half. That right. they're, okay. they're basically running Zion at this fine. point. Fine. Let's go with let's go with Oklahoma City, which is a well run team. Also, no, they're not. No, 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 no. I am so I, no. Are. I'm not allowing the Oklahoma City stuff. They are like Sam Presti. What he is doing, like it's way more offensive to me than the process. Like what is happening there of just the the fleecing and taking on the bad veteran contract for a first round pick and then just keeping this going for the next ten years because you can't just sign all these draft picks and they're just going to keep doing this little cycle and then they're the scrappy underdogs because they still have SGA uh, to make it less bad. Right. I hate all it right. so much. The Oklahoma City Thunder are just going under the radar right now, and I think part of it is because they're in OKC and not Philadelphia, but what Sam Presti is doing you sucks. guys don't appreciate well, why, why? Okay, so here, here's my thing. I get why you do a whole oh yeah, Sam Presti's doing this, Sam Presti's doing that. You st- he could easily put himself in a situation that he was in 11 years ago. Want to know what that situation is? Compile, compile no, no. some talent. You got to. You well, you're underselling it. Not compile. Com, not you're underselling what he did. He, he drafted three hall of famers. Like that is insane to do that in that time spirit. Like that just to have that kind of lottery luck and that draft luck, because it's still a crapshoot. The idea that he's going to pull that off twice. What NBA GM I, ever. Has done that. Please, before we finish where Neil Olshi and and Sam Presti are in the pantheon, (laughs) my point being is that is that Damian Lillard is not like no team is going to trade for Damian Lillard if there's even a percentage chance he is going to sulk his way through the season until they can reroute him to another contender. True. So it's not going to happen. So that's why Damian Lillard gets to set the market here. And if the market is and and. Uh, you know, nobody has any idea what it will be at this point, but clearly I assume Damian Lillard has some teams that he'd like to play for. My best guess is that it's going to be something like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Sixers, uh, and possibly <laughs> the Knicks. Mm. There's, another no- team, there, there's another team I think that would put their hat into the ring. I don't know how successful it would be. Golden State. Mm. Yeah. Golden but who State, are you trading in that offer. scenario? Who's getting moved? You're trading Wiseman. You're trading Wiggins' contract. Oh, yeah. Wiggins. Yeah, you're, t- you're sending that Wiggins contract, like, expediently. Yeah, but why is Portland right. doing that? Wiggins, I, because I, they get Wiseman and they get two Wiseman might stink. And however, and however, that's, that's the Golden State offer. 
The option for yeah. State is Wiseman, anyone on the roster who's not Steph, Clay, or Draymond. Yeah. And the two picks this year, and however many picks they want in the years to come. That's and, the and, the th- and, and the reason why I'm saying Golden State probably throws their hat in the ring is because you're going to have Phoenix, who's chilling for a while, and the Lakers and Clippers. I think the Lakers, more than the Clippers, are still like, you know, yeah, the question everybody's is, healthy. The question. Yeah, like you have to keep up with the Joneses. In that Pacific, well, the Clippers division. are screwed. Kawhi's out next year. Like, oh, did you yeah, read no, no, the reports no. on his so, knee? Like, so, Kawhi's not playing regular season basketball so, next year. They're they're talking yeah. about what's it, February at the at, at the best. Yeah, and it's Kawhi. Yeah. Like, he's not playing until the playoffs next year. Like, he's oh, gone. not at well. The fact right, that you're getting you know, the playoffs is nice. That's yeah. Uh, that's you, but, I mean, the question you have to ask with Golden State is, yeah, they could put together a try. There are people who like Wiseman. I'm not that impressed. But he was the number two overall pick last year and did show signs. So he's not he's not a nothing asset. But and I, does, Damian, does Damian really want to be, at most, the the second fiddle on Golden State? And, and I'm not saying that Golden State pulls this off. I'm saying in terms of just competitive and keeping up with the Joneses, I don't think Golden State does it, one, because Portland's going to ask oh, for a I, lot. And even if, you even have if draft like picks Lillard that you wants probably it, need to They keep. absolutely will. They absolutely will throw their head. I mean, there, are, there are problems with a back, a starting, like having your, your guards and wings be Dane, Steph, and Clay. That's well, asking a lot defensively of Clay Thompson after he's missed the year. And, and and I also look at it as because Portland is going to want some first round picks. They're going to want all of them. They're yeah, going to want the, and, the James Harden package. They're going to want all the picks you can get. And it's That's not. The it, and it's not twenty, you know, seventeen, or it's not twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen Golden State where you can get away with that because you're going to have you know, you're going to be picking late in the draft, so it feels like a throwaway pick anyway. I'm not saying that you don't become a finals contender and you don't get back to that, but around 2025, 2027, you're, gonna, yeah. you're probably going to need that. Yeah, the bill is going to come due, but you do it every single time because you're going to get Dame Lillard. Look, I, no one is. I get no it. No one who's trading for him is going to sweat those picks. I, no, no, yeah. Bob, I, I get it. I'm talking in terms. I like. I get why Golden State would do it. But that return on investment, like you're if you can if you can find a way to get some picks, absolutely. Like I'm all for that. Uh I would I would have a little trepidation about I mean, I think you still pull off because it's Dame freaking Lillard, but you do have to understand that, yeah, if if we want, you know, if we want picks, you know, in the last first round picks in the last half of the decade. We, we we might have to sacrifice a little something, um, but yeah, you're gonna have to scrounge up some picks somewhere because uh, you do not want basically a reverse Boston Celtics, where instead of compiling a bunch of picks and not having them, you don't have any picks at all, and you're basically sitting around, you know, like uh, you know, like like somebody you know asking for. Uh, you're basically panhandling for a first round pick, and everybody's looking at you like, uh, no. But we're looking like, over the, the obvious one, which is the I, Sixers. Look, like, it's the Simmons 
Lillard swap. Like that's the best. It, op- like all the picks. The same in that. thing that they pulled off that they wouldn't deal for Harden. Yes. And honestly, Damian Lillard, I think will. Damian Lillard is not a better player than James Harden, but you would rather have Damian Lillard. And that swings the East. Like I think, like if we get something like that, does it? The- does it? Does it? Does it really swing the East? I mean, I, I'm not trying to be I condescending. Think, yeah, I'm not trying to be condescending. I think, I think if your if your nucleus is Joe is a healthy Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard, yeah, you're better than Milwaukee with this year. Yes, you're really only competing you're, against Brooklyn's you know, health. And I, I get that. I, I think that I, I I get Dame adds veteran leadership in there. You still need another vet. I'm I mean, not saying Seth that Dame, they, they have they, guys. Okay. Okay. So here's Matisse Thibel looks good. Like they have dudes. I, they, I'm talking about vets. Like you need a guy who has been there alongside Dame Lillard because if fine, you, look you at can the, find you can find yeah, PJ you can, Tucker. You, you, you can, can get you can, yeah. No, yeah, I completely. I mean, agree. the Suns just, just went to the finals with zero finals experience. Like no one I'm, on that roster. No, no, outside I'm, of Jake Crowder. I'm, I'm talking about a guy. If I can get it out, I'm talking about a guy who can go in there <laughs> and kick people's asses. Because if you look at that series with the Atlanta-Philadelphia series, mm. Doc Rivers said something very, very thoughtful. And everybody was thinking, oh, Doc Rivers is, you know, oh, he's he's not, he doesn't even care. Does Doc No, Doc Rivers basically said, I hope they're up for this game. In other words, if you, if you understand coach speaking and, and hear enough coaches, yeah, it's basically like, it's not on me to for them to get up for this game. It's on them. Like somebody in that locker room has to become a leader. It sure as hell wasn't wasn't Joel Embiid. It sure as hell wasn't Ben Simmons. Yeah, if you bring in Dame Lillard, that's great. But you need another ass kicker in there. You need somebody okay. that's going to sit you there. Get, you can get those guys. I'm, I'm just saying, saying if, I'm if saying, we're talking. If we're talking you're about saying, really, I'm saying what you do, I'm saying. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, I'm saying. If, if if you bring in Dame Lillard, that's great, but you need more veteran leadership, and of course, you can get that through a free agent or whatever. But I'm not ready to hand the East over to Philly when we handed yeah. it over to them last year, and or at the beginning I, of this I year, what did they do I did not do any handing. Who's we? Who's <laughs> no, we? I'm not saying you. I'm saying you know, at the beginning of this year, it was so basically a royal we. Look, Philly was a Philly was a couple of missed jumpers away from uh, from knocking off Milwaukee. It could that series could easily have gone and yeah, a, a different way. I mean, they should have like if that bounce with Kawhi doesn't happen, they win the title that year. Like that group with Butler, and they're winning the title with that group. I I don't know. Well, by Philly's the way, close. Getting, oh, getting, getting, getting rid of Jimmy Butler was a great idea. Well, they didn't have a choice there. He wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, if you don't mess with Jimmy, yeah, don't mess with Jimmy. Um, what do y'all make of Atlanta? Sorry, God, I forgot that Philly played Atlanta. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like part of me understands like I get it, Philly, but at the same time, it's just like you guys had them dead to rights. And you guys didn't do anything with it, but no, I I, I generally feel bad for Ben Simmons, though. But at the same time, you need somebody. You need somebody because I think 
That can be game. You're putting way too much emphasis on this veteran. Like I, I think the, the harder part is the harder part is finding Damian. Lowered everyone in Phoenix. Damian, like Chris Paul, went into Phoenix and you know did his Chris Paul glowering thing, and now they're in the finals. I feel like Dame can be that guy in Philly. Right, and so it's like, why ship him out when the next team? Because everybody sees it. Everybody sees that. Yeah. He just needs somebody to go in, like, because Shaq basically said he needs somebody that that's going to go in there and that that's going to kick him in the ass. Like, you can bring somebody in there, but now if he's going to be the centerpiece of a trade, another team's going to see that. Like, you you put I, Ben I, Simmons I, and Carmelo yeah. in Portland. You, Carmelo, yeah, I think Carmelo's a free agent. Carmelo's a you know, a, Carmelo's a just. A, Carmelo's, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm not getting into Carmelo at this point. But if if, if Portland trades Dame, they're not resigning Carmelo Anthony. In any case, I I kind of think like you know I think Philly as a, the Simmons package is very interesting. Like, but again, and, and I think yeah, the Wiseman two lottery picks this year package from Golden State is also very compelling. It depends on whether it depends entirely on where Lillard wants to go, and I'm sure various scoopmeisters will make that information known to us on a on an hourly basis from now until this trade is completed. We really need something like bracketology where like bracket matrix where basically <laughs> they're graded on the accuracy of said scoop. Here's, because here there's so you many. You know who the guys are. You, you know who the guy like you can always count on Stein and Woj and Shams to put out information that is going to be the vast majority of the time, accurate. If a guy has not broken news about that team before, you can probably cross them off their list, rather regardless of whether or not they have a blue check on Twitter. Then you can ignore it. The, the rest, like everyone else, from like the, the three guys I mentioned, you, you can probably take it with a grain of salt. Like. Don't don't worry about what Chris Broussard tweets. You can like slightly side eye Rick Booker for a while now. Like just it's it's all fun. Enjoy the fake scoops. They're they're awesome. I, I love them all. I I really do. I'm not being a trollish. I, I, I love all the nonsense and stuff like this. Um changing gears a little bit. So it looks like Maria Taylor is exiting from ESPN. You get the report from Awful announcing that it's at the half yard line of her joining NBC and NBC uh, beefing up its NFL Thursday night coverage, um, which I think is super interesting. That might include Maria Taylor, Al Michaels and Peyton Manning, who is still sitting out there in the wings. And like, this is a, like a kind of half Are they commitment. finally pulling the trigger on Peyton. I think the, the, the the Amazon Brinks truck, I think, is uh, is going to be for him to keep saying no. Where it's like his family's like, you, where where did they, you're a Tennessee man? Yes, you can probably and you're and a college football knower. You mm-hmm. can help me out here. Where did the idea that Peyton Manning would be good at this come from? Uh, Saturday Night Live. That's it. He's just funny. Like Peyton is. Like in the, commercial man can break down a, the man can break down a game like, like nobody's business too. He can break I down the game has like he he's done that before though. I mean, he does his Peyton's places show where he'll uh, and he does that on ESPN Plus. But like, it's more that he is just he's comfortable in front of a camera 
And I think he'll be closer to Chris Collinsworth than anything. Like, that's who I would probably say is the most likely comp for him in the booth. But, like, Collinsworth's great. Like, I think Peyton and Michaels would actually be really good together. Um, But he's just fun. He's just comfortable behind a camera or in front of a camera. Excuse me. Like, he's just someone that will be good. And I think if you do, like, a triumvirate of Michaels, Peyton, and Maria Taylor, that is a that is a trio. That is a star-studded thursday night trio and suddenly like thursday night's pushing sunday night because i'm a thursday night fan like people i know are nervous like don't love it yeah stinks but thursday night nobody is how what percentage of viewers you think are going to be tuning in i mean look people will tune in to hear peyton manning the first couple of times he's in the booth but following that do you really like as good as tony romo is as a color guy nobody is watching an nfl game because of tony romo no, but I think it helps. Like, I think it just helps that they have guys that aren't. It, it also helps the matchups too. Yes, because they, there are some because, because well, I mean, I'm and I'm not defending. I, I I'll say this: the Monday Night Football slate that they had this past year was probably one of the best that they've had in a while in terms of one competitive games, two watchable players. Like yeah, I mean, even though you, you know you you maybe didn't want to hear the commentary, you would watch the game still. Uh, and, and the the commentary enhances that because there are some guys, I am I like Joe Buck. I think the pairing with him and Troy Aikman, it's one of those things where it's way too comfortable now. And so it's just kind of like, okay, I know what I'm getting. And so you, you, you know it's just going to be, you know, Joe Buck, deadpan, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So it's like, okay, I can I can deal with that. There are some others where I'm just like, you know what? Eh, I'm okay. And I'm interested in Peyton Manning breaking down the game with Al Michaels, who probably on his way out the door. Uh, and yeah, Maria Taylor as right? either sideline. Isn't Tariko just the guy in waiting there? Well, yeah, Tariko, because yeah, Tariko's doing Notre Dame football right now. So I, what I'm interested in, though, is what they're going to do if Liam McCune uh, is going to go to TNT for NHL mm. because if, if Tariko goes to the, if Tariko goes to Sunday night football, which I think we all expect, uh, what's that going to mean for Notre Dame? Does Liam McHugh basically come back? Do you keep him around? So you elevate Jack Collinsworth. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Let, yeah. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I can't stand Jack Collinsworth. <laughs> it's there's just like, Collinsworth? yeah, there's another Collinsworth. It's like, he, let, he does, let me like, get a Sandy mm-hmm. Brown hair, Chris Collinsworth clone. Like yeah. that's I all think you're, I, I, I think that's one of the Ducey family's offspring or, or maybe like Andrew Giuliani. I am. I don't like, I don't, yeah, kids should do different things than their dad. That's my take. Um, last major topic. And then I have some mailback questions. I want to, uh, ask Let's you guys do real it quick. Um, last thing, it's kind of heavy, so I apologize, but it feels like a couple days ago. But the Stephen A. Smith Shohei Otani um, comments, um, Andrew, what did you make of them, and what did you make of his apology? terrible apology? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, he is one of these guys that uh, you can put in front of a camera and let him say anything, which. It, it, it it's great. Here's the bad thing. There's a lot of things that he clearly does not research, does not work on, 
and that's an issue with that. That's a sports media issue in general. But yeah, no, uh, Stephen A. Smith. Well, when you have Will Kane coming on defending now. you, you know you probably did a whoopsie. Yeah, <laughs> Will. Yeah, Will, Will Kane, the guy who basically got roasted on his last day and not in a, a in a joking fashion at ESPN. No, it was like, dude, you trashed. Like, go. Like, we don't need you. Mm. It was. It was just one of those things where it's. I, I think I think about this a lot of just and I, I talk to my friends and family about this where sometimes I'll just like raise an eyebrow because I'm like, why do you have a strong opinion on that? Like, I, I don't have an opinion on all sorts of things. Like, I if I don't feel confident enough that like I've researched enough, read about it enough, like I, I don't I don't really broadcast like this strong take and like him i just don't think he watches otani i don't think Stephen a smith spends a lot of time with angels baseball i don't think Stephen a smith watches a lot of baseball especially with the no. NBA finals going on and he has this strong of a take of like this is bad for baseball and like i don't think he cares about the health of baseball i don't think he's looked into why this would be a problem like it was one of those things where it's like clearly this was not a well thought out thing and espn producers like did not think hey maybe we shouldn't do this and go down this road but like I don't even know where the line of thinking comes in of just let, like when I, baseball, like him being a mark, like I think Otani is a gigantic boon. Like it was one of those where if yeah. you ask people, I have friends asking me about him and like, it, it's not about what they say off mic. Like it's never been about that. It's not, you don't have to be like a WWE promo guy to be marketable in professional sports. You just have to be tantalizing. You have to be interesting to watch. And guess what? Shohei Otani is the most interesting baseball player to watch. Like, it doesn't matter that he's boring. Like, or he doesn't speak English is not his primary language. That doesn't matter. Acuna needing a translator has not once affected how Braves fans Ichiro. feel about running. Ichi- yeah. Ichiro needed a translator, and you want to know what? It was fine, and it was hotter and, than a fucking wool sock for Ichiro. Yeah, in Kansas City, and 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 and, 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 and Ichiro. Still the best interview of all time. And, and, and you know what? You know what the great thing about Ichiro is? Mm. He used the translator sometimes and it was just like, I just don't want to talk to the media. So the translator so the translator would just talk. Like he could talk because if you read the stories about Ichiro, like uh, young Ichiro in Seattle, Ken Griffey Jr. Jr. and all these guys would like teach him how to talk trash. And that is hilarious. Yeah. It was just bad luck all around. It, it's just, it's stupid. And it's just one of those reasons of like, oh, this is why you should not watch this stuff during the day. Like, it's just bad for people and it's just bad for the brains. And it's just, I think it's, yeah, it's, you know, ever since, ever since the last, ever since ESPN started getting roasted for its quote unquote political ideology, which has always been kind of laughable to me, um, they have made a very conscious point, say, for like the bubble when they were just interviewing players and hearing what they had to say, like of, of, of trying to give the appearance that they weren't taking any kind of partisan side. And what's filled the void since then, especially since they've had all these high profile departures is just the, the entire network has become Stephen A. Smith where um, it, it was really amazing to watch his comment, which was silly and xenophobic and wrong get turned into an entire day of like ESPN commentary about Stephen A. Smith's comment. Even like the well-meaning stuff where like Jeff Passan was reciting lines as if, you know, Sorkin had written them on the West Wing. <laughs> well, like they brought, you know, look, they brought June Lee on and, and what June Lee said was absolutely true and great. And I thought he handled it wonderfully, but like suddenly there's an entire ESPN's programming gets 
meta, metaphysical and becomes about ESPN. And it, it, they, that's what they do. I mean, so, this has been the case for a decade now. We, we saw there was a, you know, there's a story on Deadspin about how one random bit of like Ron Jaworski speculation about Tim Tebow got rung through the entire ESPN content machine and turned into far more programming. And that too was based on absolutely almost nothing, but you know, that's, that's what they do. And it's, it's just, it is so much more. The, the thing about that bugs me the most about ESPN, it's not just like Stephen A said something that I disagree with and a lot of people did, or other people agreed. And, is it, it becomes like watching cable news and I hate watching cable news. And and, and so I, I just think there's there, I swear to God, there has to be a better way to do it. Well, I'll say this really, really quick. Where was this outrage publicly when Rachel Nichols is basically saying, yeah, Maria Taylor shouldn't be taking my job when it's like, hey, Rachel, you can't sit here and say what you said. And a lot of ESPN employees were radio silent about it. It's uh, I think, you know, look, ESPN from the very little bit of reporting that I've done on it, and it's almost none. I've written like one or two stories about them. It's a tough place to get sources because it's, ter- you know, it, uh, uh, there are, in an organization of that size, there are structures put in place to keep people from speaking out publicly. If you want to know why no one said anything about Rachel Nichols for over a year, I think you yeah, have to look Dad's more been- at like, that's been F yeah. that up, by the way. Let, let, that, that was talk. awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, they couldn't even figure out how to take the L. They kept writing columns about how no, actually, we were right to, to, to absolutely duff that story. And that was freaking so hilarious. I, I, was, I was having this conversation with somebody, and I said they had literally the story, the sports media story of the entire year right there, and they did Nothing. They like, I'm, I'm still blown away. They couldn't get anyone at ESPN to talk, which, again, I'm going to cite the comment I made 10 seconds ago, is very hard to do. I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm saying they had this snippet, and instead of, say, taking, I don't know, whoever knows how long to report it out, instead they just printed the, they got it wrong <laughs> and acted smug and righteous about how wrong they were in the moment. Like, it's just, and like, who knows what, you know what? That story might have come out a lot sooner if, like, it hadn't landed, like, which, you know, a, that, that story coming out when it did, and granted, very few people noticed it, but it gave ESPN a whole year to, quote-unquote, handle things internally. And, like, Oh, it's such a colossal screw up and, and, and people working there keep talking. I don't understand that. Just take the L. Go away. Everyone's attention span is like a hummingbird that has a particularly short attention span. No one will remember in a week. If you didn't keep telling us how 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 actually you were right to, to, to step on every single race. It was just glorious. Amazing. I love it. Hmm. Um to wrap up here today, I have an off-topic mailbag question for each of you guys. So are you ready? No. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Who is it from? Uh, irrelevant. So. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> uh, we're going to... It's anonymous. Um, Andrew, for you. Yeah. Are we sure camping is good? 
Camping's fine. Camping's what? Camping's camping's fine. I mean, I've been a few times. It's fine. Uh, I would say know where you're camping uh, Mm -hmm. because there are some places in the United States that are now training grounds for white supremacists. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) and, And we say this jokingly, but, like, you look at Oregon, parts of Washington, my state of Michigan. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you should probably uh, be aware be aware of your surroundings and uh, <laughs> enjoy the outdoors. Like I like like so I said, say this jokingly, but yeah. In conclusion from Andrew, Bill Simmons bad. Camping is a gateway drug to white nationalism. <laughs> That's what probably, huh? You never know. On the gateway. On the gate on the or is project. or is Bill Simmons a, a gateway to white nationalism? Oh, I, oh, whoa, he gave us our school. Guy. He gave us. He gave us I don't did think. He, did he no. get his bar? I don't think he no, got his bar No, that, that's a no. You're retconning history. No, mm. we, we'll, we can get into the origin of barstool later and, and how and why it thrived, but I don't think you can put that at, at Simo's feet, nor cousin Sal, <laughs> nor nephew. You know. I, 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 I won't say that it that it gave way to Barstool, but it's 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 very heavily influenced on uh, Deadspin and Page Two. No, no. Oh, what? Oh, come on, Robert. No, 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 no. You're 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 giving retroactively way too much credit. This is this is no. Look. <laughs> Anytime a guy says look before he talks, you know he's really gotten some, <laughs> to get some high dungeon like, going. You're going to have to defend Barstool. Also, probably like hurts. Look, look. Uh, Bill Simmons did give latitude to a wide, wide, ra- wider range of sports commentaries that could exist and could be paid for. And, and for that, you know, he deserves a great deal of credit. And it, in all kinds of ways, he should be criticized whatever but i think it's way too this is butterfly flapping its wings in indonesia stuff if you think because of that therefore barstool exists it's not technically wrong but i think there are a a few more like it's it's uh you know what man like uh uh like pick any garbage early 2000s internet website and like forum thread i was not active online then but right or or the chive and stuff like that. They are far more direct at this point for that kind. Of, I forgot of, the chive. That is a word yeah, I have same. not heard in a long, long time. They come and chive on Clay and oh, uh, like or, in, or even in it cool news. If you want to like blame you know or something awful, those are the forums that gave rise to Barstool or Tucker Max. That's a far more direct progenitor. Oh, All you kids Tucker out there, Max. Oh God, I oh. feel so old. <laughs> that was freaking fifteen years ago, man. Just, just give Bob his question. Okay. Yeah, what's Last my question? Time we'll wrap up here. Um, yeah. Bob, what is the best side dish for a meal? What is the best? What is the ultimate side Ooh. dish for you? Ooh, do is there any strictures about what kind of meal? Uh, the, let's go with dinner. Dinner. Okay. I assume we're talking about, you know, a, a, a meat-based mm-hmm. kind of dish. A traditional, yeah, meat-based Yeah, entree. some kind of meat. We're not limiting ourselves to any one particular nationality or country. We are not. Ethnic. We are not. You know what I'm going to go? I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a wild card here. Are you ready? <laughs> uh-huh. It's rice. Oh. Wow. One filling. Two can absorb the flavors of many different kinds of sauces and, and spices and ingredients in the rest of the dish. It's textureful. It's flavorful. It can be prepared in many different ways. You can do it uh, in a Cajun style. You can do it in a red. You can do it in a uh, any kind of Asian sort of fried rices. You can do it in any kind of jambalaya. There are an infinite number of different things you can do with rice, and all of them are tasty and filling. Rice. My answer is rice. Find somebody As that he loves. Slams down the table. Uh, he did. He, find somebody that I loves did. his rice cooker as I much banged, as Bob I does. I banged a gavel. Actually, my and my significant other gets very mad at me at this. There are ways to cook rice in a microwave that are very uh, easy and convenient, and will produce uh, delightful, fluffy rice without chilling out fifty bucks for an expensive piece of kitchen equipment that you only use, you know, a handful of times. Mm. Little life hack there from your pal Bob. <laughs> Andrew, do you agree with that? Do you agree with the, the rice being number one? Uh, rice is a good. I like a nice salad. Um, well, you're a cooking guy. Oh, like you put together some really make good pasta. I've seen your, you don't your make picks. salad. Yeah, you know, uh, rice. You know, depending on, I, I like a nice, you know, brown rice or um, like people like quinoa. I don't like quinoa. Give me like actual no, rice. No, quinoa is too. It's, too much texture. I don't. I don't yeah, it. that's yeah. It's, yeah, like I, I can basically eat anything, but yeah, quinoa is just way. Too, it's it's a little overpowering. So yeah, not if you have rice and stock, you can make risotto. It's oh delicious. yes, yes. There, I, I'm I saying love rice, a nice risotto. Yeah, it's it's to really do it the right way. Is it seems simple. It is actually incredibly difficult, um, and requires. Just hours of standing in front of a stove to coax out that kind of creaminess. Not easy to do at all, but absolutely worth it every single time. There you go. All right. Well, that's all we've got uh, today on this weekend edition of the Sports Reporters Assembling. Uh, Andrew Hammond, we can follow you at Aham Free Press. We can follow Bob at Bob Sayetta. Um, go do that. Fully verified on Twitter, Twitter, Bob finally the, A fully finally verified yeah, got my little blue check. Take that, Thomas Chatterton Williams. Well, this <laughs> is the blue check brigade now. All three of us fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Now we can be hated by random people for no good reason whatsoever. Yes. Oh, dude, I get that. Most good reasons. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Guys, thank you so much. And email us at chasehomespodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you would like the three of us to answer every single Saturday. Uh, these go up Saturday. We record on Fridays. But uh, yes, thank you as always, guys. Um, we will be back next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.